This talk was given by Michelle Sege-Spark at Zen Mountain Monastery. Sege is a senior lay student in the Mountains and Rivers Order. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you'd like to make a donation or find out more about our retreats and residency programs, visit our website at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody, friends, Sangha, and all those who are with us today. May all mothers and children be happy and safe today. This is a prayer from my heart as we live in this time. As the virus is going on to affect our lives in ways we cannot know, and that there's more worry about the realities beyond the threats and the fear of being sick with people struggling about work and food and shelter and the alarming statistics about increased domestic violence, which tells us of great distress. Our lives are unsettled and the future is unforeseen and no one can say exactly what is going to happen. This is a time of great need for great mothering. So I dedicate this talk to all mothers and children of mothers. So that's all of us. It is said that we must appreciate our mothers who give us precious human life. And actually, there's no division between mother and father because they take care of giving life to us. And in this time <clears throat> that we are, we have an opportunity to con connect with the Buddha's teaching. The Buddha, when wandering outside the palace, confronted old age, sickness, and dying. And this is a time to recognize the myriad forms of that experience, the emotions, thoughts, sensations, and to allow the space with a method in Zazen liturgy to notice and just to see our view of reality as it is right now. <clears throat> and as being born, then to see that this too fades from being. This morning we chanted the Maha Prajna Paramita Heart Sutra. And Zazen is the centerpiece of that sutra. <clears throat> One of the first parts of the sutra is Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva doing deep Prajna Paramita clearly, clearly saw emptiness of all the five conditions thus completely relieving misfortune and pain. Doing deep prajna paramita, what was this bodhisattva doing? Maybe not doing anything. It is more like being, like is. It is more like feeling the ease of mind and body in the lap of a great mother. And so feeling more cared for and held by mother, we can appreciate and recognize the Bodhisattva of compassion, Avalokiteshvara, who hears the cries of the world, 
In this sutra, he was a he. And later in Buddhism, the, the sex transferred to female, which I enjoy, to kanon or kan yin in Asia, in China. So the Bodhisattva of compassion hears the cries of the world. Prajna meaning wisdom, paramita meaning compassion. They must be present together, arise together. In the dedication, we chant, Kanon Bodhisattva perceives the cries of the world, and so compassion is shown in all its many forms. She liberates all suffering sentient beings and brings them to great joy. She realizes mind. All beings are one essence. She awakens the heart and nothing is forsaken. It's a wonderful prayer. And in this dedication, um, I must say I do appreciate the feminization of our liturgy. Because when I first came to the monastery, it was all males all the time. So in this way, we can celebrate Mother's Day by looking a little bit more at the Maha Prajna Paramita Heart Sutra. The Prajna Paramita Sutra, for short, is called the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra and the Great Mother of all Buddhas. May we be born as Buddhas right now in hearing this sutra. This is an early Mahayana Sutra and written in many versions between 100 BC and 600 AD. They were oral memorizations of original teachings in different forms. The one we chant is just one page, really, and yet there are versions that are 500 lines, 8,000 lines, and 25,000 lines. The longer ones are divided into chapters to, I guess, explicate the shorthand that we chant. So I said that prajna is being wisdom and paramita is being compassion. And also at the end, there's a mantra, gate, gate, parsam, gate, parsam, gate, bodhiswaha. The gate is going beyond, so therefore is giving birth to Buddha with this wisdom and compassion in this experience. So that form and emptiness are each other. And to see the true nature of reality lacking any fixed existence. And bodhicitta is raised, directly raised in this realization, the wish for all beings to be enlightened. May this be so. I wanted to share with you a short excerpt from uh, The Mother of All Buddhas. It's a book by Lex Hickson. And he took the Kanse 8,000 line uh, translation and rewrote it so that it's more uh, feminine, if you will. And this chapter is called the mystic hymn to the wisdom mother. It's just an excerpt of 
several paragraphs. So in it, Shari Putra says, the perfection of wisdom that is mother of all Buddhas gives birth to total awakened omniscience, shining forth a sublime light, O Buddha nature. She is an overflowing fountain of incomparable light, leading, leading living beings into the clear light away from blindness and illusory darkness. In her alone can we find true refuge. She patiently instructs bodhisattvas to skillfully manifest the empty, transparent nature of existence, tenderly awakening all beings from the dream of individuality, substantiality, and separation. She constantly shows the path of wisdom to every conscious being with direct pointing. That is her transmission and empowerment. Being the eye of wisdom, she dissolves the mental gloom of delusion. She guides to the spirit, spiritual path all beings who have wandered into dangerous, negative, self-centered ways. As the great mystic mother, she manifests the absence of characteristics in the radiant blackness of her womb. She lovingly protects vulnerable, conscious beings who cannot protect themselves, gradually generating in them unshakable fearlessness and diamond confidence. She is the perfect wisdom which gives birthless birth to all Buddhas. And for these sublimely awakened ones, it is Maha Mother Prajna Paramita alone who turns the wheel of two teaching. And in our dedication for the Prajna Paramita, we say, we bow in deep respect to Prajna Paramita, mother of all Buddhas, wisdom beyond wisdom. She illuminates all this delusion and dispels our fears. And then we dedicate the merits. So this is the experience, but it's, it may feel like an idealization of our experience, the absolute of wisdom, the kind of thing that is unconditional mother love, if you will. It has no conditions. And all beings, all experiences are equal. So we need help in bringing that home to our everyday life. And there are trainings there are many, many trainings that we can access that helps, helps us with that. In training in Bodhicitta from Jampa Tekchak Rinpoche, he talks about the relative practices towards becoming the ideal of Bodhisattva in wished of all beings to be enlightened. And he says, the intention and understanding of generating bodhicitta is recognition that all want happiness and none of us want suffering. If we practice equalizing self and other from the outset, then our bodhicitta aspirations will be much firmer. So that's a practical way of approaching it. This equalizing is no judgment about good, bad, or good enough. It doesn't mean no discernment. 
but a kind of all acceptance and the compassionate understanding about where suffering arises. Daida Roshi used to always say that giving and receiving in each moment is an opportunity to give, and each moment is full of gifts we are receiving from others. And that occurs in these uh, practical steps that the Rinpoche helps us with. And this comes from his interpretation of Shanti Deva's way of the Bodhisattva. He calls it the sevenfold cause and effect bodhicitta instruction. And so these are seven points. Um, you may have heard about the seven points of mind training. These are related. Uh, but I like these because they're short and pithy, and I'm going to take up a couple of them. The first one is recognizing that all beings have been our mother. The second one is re recollecting, sorry, I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to read these out loud and then dis discuss them. So the first one is recognizing that all beings have been our mother. The second one is recollecting their kindness as a mother towards us. And the third is thinking how to repay their kindness with gratitude by the fourth, developing love, fifth, developing compassion, sixth, generating the special intention of benefiting all beings by oneself alone, in other words, being responsible, and understanding that we have effects on people and things, and therefore seven, generating bodhicitta itself. So that's a lot to chew on, maybe too much. And if, as we are living this stressed existence, this changed existence, maybe we can vow to practice one kind act a day either the receiving of gratitude or the actual practice of being kind to someone. This is a very simple practice, very direct practice. It's a caring act with one other person every day. And this will help develop these qualities. And in saying that, you may need to be that person. You may be the person that needs the one kind, caring act. In this way, a loving actions affect our thoughts. And one thing is for sure, when we isolate because we have to, or we're worried and scared and we're lonely, this definitely breeds negativity. It's sort of a protective response. It's natural in some ways. But we're not meant to be like that. So we need to counter it counter these negative aspects of our thoughts um, with loving actions and the liturgy of loving thoughts. In the Metta Sutta, we do say, whatever beings there may be, may all beings be happy at rest, happy at heart. As a mother would risk her life to protect her child, her only child, even so, should one cultivate a limitless heart with regard to all beings. So, with goodwill for the entire cosmos, cultivate a limitless heart. And that is something we can actively do. You may ask yourself a simple question like, what is best to do? One real thing to do 
in this restricted environment. We may find an opportunity actually to step out of a habit and engage in a new way. Engage the pure precepts like use these as guides, not creating evil, practicing good, and actualizing good for others. And that is one kind act. In this way, these qualities, we will understand this directly, developing love, compassion, generating bodhicitta, and realizing our effect on others. Now, I want to go back because the first two um, steps caught me in ways I'd like to explore. So the second step was recollecting a mother's kindness as a mother has been towards us, how we were infants who needed, depended on mothers for survival, the absolute complete dependence. We can understand that. But the first one, um, and actually when we understand that, we know true kindness of essential care. And we should try to recollect that when our partner is irritating, when our friend doesn't call us back, they need us in ways that may not be expressed directly uh, in a loving way. So let them be ganon to us with us reaching out to them. The second, the, um, the first thing that was noted in the cause and effect bodhicitta instruction is recognizing that all beings have been our mother. Um, that is a biggie. I'd like to talk about that because uh, I had a personal experience with this teaching. It's not only recognizing that all beings have been your mother, they are at once your mother right now, right now. I heard this teaching many years ago by Tibetan Rinpoche, except that I heard it as you, your mother, and all beings are swimming in the sea of samsara. Now, samsara is the realm of beginningless, endless, repeated birth and suffering. There's no way to escape. Um, noting dukkha, the unsatisfactory perpetuated by desire, ignorance, and resulting karma of blind actions. So samsara is this realm that we are in unless we wake up. So I heard suffering with my mother. And believe me, it was the last thing I wanted to do. I had an aversion to that. I wanted to escape into practice and feel better away from my mother, who though brilliant and creative, always expressed suffering and misery. And I couldn't change that. That's why I heard the teaching incorrectly. Actually, all beings have been our mother is a very vast teaching. Consider that. It's an expansive view beyond separate small self and suggests all at once the co-rising right now, past and present, currently our mother. And that does speak to the teachings directly. Now, it happens to be that my original reaction is fairly common among, among mothers and daughters at times. So I'm going to bring that up. 
mothers and daughters. And Ra's chest is the ultimate commentator on mothers and daughters and their special relationship. And she had a wonderful cartoon that I saw recently, um, which cautions us as children feeling disappointment for, from mothers, which speaks to real mothers' kind of dose of reality because they want to warn children of life difficulties. That's part of their teaching. And that is not separate from unconditional love of the Maha Prashnaparamita. So here is the cartoon. She says, when I was a child, my mother had a standard rejoinder to anyone who was foolish enough to ask, how are you? She said the initials L-C-B-B. Life could be beautiful. L-C-B-B. It was kind of a verbal shrug. Life was not beautiful. It wasn't ever beautiful, and it was unlikely it would ever be unless there were major changes afoot, in which case, yeah, L-C-B-B. So here is a child responding to great suffering and warning of a mother. Um, This kind of put a light bulb on to me as I am familiar with this. And she posted this on social media, uh, and she got some responses. But I want to say that this misery is not the suffering of the first noble truth, because it is not the impermanent suffering of that, the fleeting transience. Rather, it is the eternal suffering of samsara that never changes, because this suffering never had major changes afoot it manifests as misery, not major changes afoot. And it clings in a stuck-on, stucco way and never changes. And every child who suffers when their mother, when their mother gets into this mode, suffers along with her. So we are, along with our mothers, codependent arising. Some of the classic daughter responses. Um, to this uh, cartoon was what what mother would say when um, they were asked, how are you? One mother would say, what can I say? Another would say, don't ask. Another said, not dead yet, Kanahara, which is Yiddish for knock on wood. And a third one would say, it's a great life if you don't weaken. And when children are looking sympathy from their mothers or daughters are looking sympathy, mother once said, I never promised you a rock garden or go outside and listen to the birds. And when things got too difficult, one mother said, pretend you're an orphan. Yes, this is a perfect dose of reality. And many of us can recognize this sort of backhanded mothering quality but this is really taking care in these responses because mothers want to protect children from disappointment and pain and warding off the worst. So in that way, we can do that for ourselves with the negative feelings 
to stop and see right now, it's a perfect opportunity about the arising anxiety and fears. When we need help getting up after being knocked down, can we notice that and ask for it? Can we admit this to ourselves when we feel it and to see it in others in their absence or their quietness or their isolation? Need to acknowledge what we are going through instead of going into a freeze mentality, siege mentality. And that is taking care. In the Prajna Paramita Heart Sutra, it really does tell it like it is, and it doesn't always sugarcoat the obvious. When there is fear, illness, anxiety that comes from grief and sorrow, this brings us very, very close to impermanence and know the opportunity to know our real precious life. So I have a few um, practical mothering of ourselves and others suggestions. They're very simple. The first one is attending mindfully to our, all our shifting states, and they may be dramatic. They may be really up and really down at this time. And especially in the absence of distraction, we may notice them more. So just to acknowledge what is happening inside ourselves right now. A lot of people I know are working on Zoom and finding it very disembodying. Uh, and I heard from two people um, who found ways to be present. One was to feel anchored in the actual space they are in while looking at the camera. I'm not doing that because I don't see that well. But <laughs> Another uh, was part of a meeting and it shut off the video after telling us and listened to the conversation lying down so she could be present. The second... Uh, practical mothering suggestion is called the monastery of the mind creating sacred space by the mind by remembering where we are it's a mundane everyday touch the ground and to use any guides like precepts to uphold our experience i remember long ago when i first started coming to the monastery and i yearned uh, to be escaping actually, but to connect spiritually. And I didn't feel I could unless I got there because the monastery to me was someplace sacred, someplace peaceful. So one time I went up to visit and the teacher was absent and the head monk gave a talk on Sunday chastising the laziness of residents. And I was shocked. I was shocked. That was like shattering of my sacred place and my spiritual people. What that said to me was kind of shattering. But then a senior student, uh, Patricio George, gave this talk called The Monastery of the Mind. And she reminded us that the sacred space that we all are craving is right inside of us and can be touched at any time. And recently, I was, this was um, 
supported by a friend in Europe who said they were so happy, so delighted to have the Zendo in their home and couldn't be better because they can't get there very frequently. And he said, how can I not sit in the morning? Now, someone else had another experience, which I fully understand. There are things in life that help us and support us to get to that place of of sacredness or space that we feel. Um, And someone told me a story about being in New York City recently, got in the car because all I wanted to do was touch the ground, breathe the air, see the sky and feel the energy. And they drove up to um, a state park and things were impossible. There was many, many people there. But I recognized this experience of of thinking it's somewhere else and needing supports, props. So do that. Find the props in your place that will help you with that. That's fine. The third um, uh, practical mothering um, that we can do, uh, and Hogan mentioned this in his talk a couple weeks ago, is taking refuge taking refuge in practice, uh, in in your zazen. And the thing is, when you sit in zazen, you're told to be present, basically, connect with your breath and to let go of thoughts. The thing is, it may be difficult right now to really forget yourself because when a human being is threatened or worried or fearful, they're in survival mode. It may be just too hot to sit down for a few minutes. But if you just try a few minutes at a time so that you're not pressuring yourself, a few minutes of liturgy, prostrations, chanting, these practices help call us home and counter the rising fears. And fourth, the last one, is practicing the paramitas, the great perfections. The prajna paramita is the perfection of wisdom. But there are five others. So there's generosity or dana, morality or sila, precepts, which we've mentioned. We've mentioned the generosity, one kind act, patience, effort, concentration, and wisdom. And you might find that patience, effort, and concentration may be in short supply. As things wear on and we get wearisome, we get tired and impatient. But we can always ask ourselves, what is best to do? And is this good enough? It should let yourself feel that it is good enough. What are we able to do right now to reach out and offer to someone who needs us? Especially those alone at this time or sick. The practices of the prajna of the paramitas are practices of the maha prajna paramita, the great perfection of wisdom. So we should recognize these prajna qualities in those we live with. We can be kinder in ways than can be that can be heard, creating canon in our companions you are with. We can choose to go into the unknown and new. I'd like to finish with a verse 
by Sankapa. May the bliss of the mystical fusion of transcendent wisdom with tender compassion fall like cool spring rain from dark blue clouds. The motivation of goodness skillfully and gracefully opens light by lightning flashes of selfless awareness. May conscious beings in every realm and condition enjoy their glorious existence. That's the lively reflection of spirited play of the Maha Prajnaparamita, the mother of all Buddhas, transparent, universal, heavenly, and earthly. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for listening. Did you know that Zen Mountain Monastery is live streaming all Dharma talks and daily Zazen during the coronavirus quarantine? Visit our website to learn about all the online programs being offered at this time. Just go to zmm.org and click on the link at the very top of the page, or scroll down and click on Retreats.